You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ in others, and grows together in our faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the last Sunday after Pentecost, November 22nd, 2020, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas.
story about living a mindful life, a, a joyful life, a life, a life lived in Christ's real presence. And then last Sunday, a story about using the gifts which God has given each one of us to the glory of God. A story about taking whatever talent God has blessed us with and stepping out in faith and courage and hope to use those gifts in a way that honors God and supports our neighbor. And not to hide those talents or hoard those talents. Reminds me of one definition of vocation you've heard me use before. Your vocation, which means you're called by God, is to do whatever it is that makes more of you. Your vocation is to do whatever it is that makes more of you. The parable, in other words, is about living a brave life and a fruitful life. That's what makes more of you. And now this morning, the third of these parables or stories that Jesus tells his friends about life in the kingdom, because that's what these stories are all about too. It's a story about leading a generous life, a compassionate life. A life, once again, of mindfulness of the real presence of Christ in the here and now. Now, we often read this story, we read this parable, uh, on the separation of the sheep from the goats, with the sheep, the righteous, going into eternal life, and the goats, the bad ones, going into eternal punishment. And we say to ourselves, oh no, my sheep were a goat, what's my eternal fate, right? Don't you get that when you read this story? Where am I going? You know, we make it all about some fear of, of a far-off time in the future. We make it about what happens after we die. We make it about earning our way into heaven or earning our way into hell. But I want to suggest that that's not the way to read this parable. Or the two before it that make up Matthew 25. Or for that matter, it's not the way to read the entire Gospel of Matthew. This parable, just like the whole gospel, isn't about earning our way into heaven by following a certain group of religious practices or following a particular morality code. It's not about rewards and punishments based on behavior. No, this parable, just like the whole gospel, is about life in the kingdom of God here and there. It's about living a life of blessing and fruitfulness and courage. It's about living a life of love and compassion and relationships. You know, Matthew's always concerned with righteousness. And remember, righteousness isn't self-righteous moralism. That's what we too often conjure up when we hear that term righteousness, the, the, the self-righteous, blue-nosed moralism. Righteousness is all about being in right relationship. Right relationship with God and right relationship with our neighbor. Being in right relationship, that is to say, of the divine that lives in you and the divine that lives in everyone else out there. And the, the divine that lives in everything that God's created, that's righteousness. That means we're called to be good stewards of creation, good stewards of the earth and the animals and the plants and everything that surrounds us. That's righteousness. So this is a parable about life in the kingdom of God in this very moment. Do you want to experience the kingdom of God? Do you want to meet Christ the King? Do you want to meet the shepherd? Well, you will as you feed the hungry, as you give drink to the thirsty, as you clothe the naked, as you welcome the stranger, as you visit the sick or those in prison. That's where you'll meet the King. In the 
messiness and muck and discomfort of real life. And sometimes, you know, the king's going to show up in deep disguise. Sometimes you're not going to recognize the king when you see him standing on that street corner flying a sign. Or when you, when you look in his eyes and say, you know, you don't deserve uh, to, to get a dollar from me because you're just going to go spend it on getting something to drink. You might be looking in Jesus' eyes. Think about that for a minute. Uh, one of the, the uh, great Roman Catholic uh, bishops of the church back in the 50s, Bishop Fulton Sheen, used to say, oh, I dare not pass by that man on the street with, with, with his tin cup. You know, it might be Christ himself. And uh, Pope Francis says, who am I to judge? When, when asked, you know, would you give uh, alms to this beggar on the street? He'll just go off and, and, and uh, buy something to drink with it or buy drugs. Francis says, who am I to judge? It might be Christ himself. And this is, it's, in the, it's in the muck of life that we need Jesus. So be really careful about the pull to judge who's worthy and who's not. Be careful about imagining that any of us get to step into the king's role. Because you know what? Sometimes you're a sheep and sometimes you're a goat. Wait a minute. I, I, I'm going to speak for myself right now. I'm not going to speak for you. I'll tell you right now that I'm probably way more often a goat than I am a sheep. But I also know that in my most sheepish moments, if you will, I've gotten a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven. I can tell you that I've looked into the face of Christ and seen his radiance shining through underneath the dirt and the grime and the stink of the street. And I've also looked into the pit of hell more times than I can count. And you know what? It's too often a hell of my own make, a hell of my own goatishness. There's a wonderful little book about this parable that was written about uh, 30 years ago by uh, a couple of Roman Catholic educators. It's a nice reality check on interpreting the parable and a reality check on us. The title of the little book is Good goats. Yes, indeed. Good goats. We are never, you see, the insight is we are never all one thing or another. Sometimes I'm a good goat. Sometimes I'm a failed sheep. Occasionally, very occasionally, I might add, I may even be all sheep, and even more often I might be all goat. But the story of the gospel would be the story of the entire Bible. We saw that in the reading from uh, the, the prophet Ezekiel this morning. Is that God created us and God redeems us and that the process goes on and on and on and on. And think back four Sundays ago to All Saints Day. Our gospel reading was from the beginning of Matthew's gospel, the beginning of Jesus' teaching ministry. And he gathered all his friends and his followers on a mountaintop and he began to describe for them what life in the kingdom of heaven looked like. He described a life of blessing and peace and mercy and consolation and, and safety in the midst of persecution. He described a life of grace. And on that day he gave them and he gave us the Beatitudes. Now this morning at the end of his teaching career, He's also describing life in the kingdom of heaven. 
He's describing life in His real presence. And you know what? The kingdom of heaven is always about a new world. It's always about the new order. It's always about a time when the prophet Isaiah says, swords will be beaten into plowshares and the lion and the lamb shall lie down together. And the kingdom of heaven is also personal. Yes, God wants a new world that looks like the values of Jesus. But you know, God's not an engineer or puppet master. God is a God of love who wants to partner with us to save our souls. That's what salvation means. It's about saving our souls through love and to redeem us and give us the gift of new life. To save us by touching our hearts with love. To save us by showing that in loving other human beings, we'll enter more fully into the divine presence, which means the eternal. That's what the, those words eternal mean in the, in the Gospels. They mean entering into the divine presence now. The eternal is now. To let go of our anxious needs and focus, focus instead on the needs of the world. And that's what God's all about. It's this kind of love that's really the secret to entering the kingdom of God. So this Thursday, we'll observe Thanksgiving Day. It's going to be a strange one, that's for sure. Not so festive and cheerful on the one hand, and on the other, not so many arguments over politics at dessert when you're drunk on balloon. But while the celebration might look a little different, the reason for the season remains the same. To give thanks. We're going to be recording a wonderful Thanksgiving Eucharist, and I told you about that a minute ago. Bring your cinnamon sticks. I'm sending it out for viewing on Thursday. Liturgy is going to reconnect us with our Native American sisters and brothers whose hospitality to the English settlers in Massachusetts Bay was the occasion for the first Thanksgiving. And it includes a reflection from the great writer Anne Lamont that connects us back to this morning's gospel. This is, this is this morning's gospel in action, which you're about to hear. Do you want to be a sheep this holiday season? Then take a listen. Anne writes... Gratitude begins in our hearts and then dovetails into behavior. It almost always makes you willing to be of service, which is where the joy resides. It means that you're willing to stop being such a jerk. When you're aware of all that's been given to you in your lifetime, and even in the past few days, it's hard not to be humble and pleased to give back. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. That's a www.stthomasmedina.org.